Yeah, so the theme was about creating measurable impacts and looking at what I'm saying. Uh, it's about diverse industries, diverse platforms. We were privy to some approaches. Also had the uh, story from Dr. R.K. Sharma and Rajan. So I'll try and build upon that and try and take about my experiences. My name is R. Shankar. As we speak, uh, this is the 150th year of uh, the Gandhi's uh, legacy, Mahatma Gandhi. Also 150th year of Tata, who began the culture of care. Before BBS was coined, I think they were there in terms of care for the people. I come from that legacy. I also had a couple of stints. I began in a role as a tech transfer lead for a company called Gharada Chemicals. I then went into manufacturing at Asian Paints. I then did a couple of stints in quality assurance at Castrol and got into health safety environment after that with BP. So I'll try and talk about my experiences with them and also about my forays in healthcare where I got into Hospira and Pfizer and finally with Tata's. So if that's okay as per the request of the chair, I'll try and speak about uh, my experiences on implementation and some learnings for all of us as professionals from BBS. We got the approach right, you know, what is to be done on BBS, but how do we do it? We know the why. We have to understand also how okay so I talk about this a company where we talked about piloting uh, this is about very hazardous uh, chemicals hazardous operations chlorinations fluorinations silations using a sodium cyanide and this is about some 20 25 30 years back okay how do you manage to get a successful scale up done with safety and there's a time when there were no safety professionals in the field at all uh, any idea what is this thing in the center there's a nice item in the center there's a nice uh, thing with some hot chili what is this? Every time it rains, it's been raining in some parts of the country. When you want to celebrate, after rains, what is the most popular item on demand? It's the pagoda, the bhajia, or as we say, the gota. So this is what is how, when a project was piloted and scaled up successfully, uh, we celebrated on the spot at the Gemba. Celebration success immediately. You don't wait for an annual conference and then award the people. You do it right away on the spot. So that's the first lesson here. And so we got success in scaling up uh, technical, difficult projects. My second stint was in a company that was more of a paint company. And so about Asian paints, very dirty shop floor. And we implemented total quality management in this company here. So how do you ensure that you, uh, that you get the shop floor to be clear? In a paint plant, everything used to be painted in a dark shade. So we tried to make it difference. We tried to make it all brilliant white. And people said the shop floor will look very dirty because the contrast between the paint that's spilled and what happens there is going to be a challenge there. You know what happened? The housekeeping really improved. We were able to get fantastic improvement on quality, productivity and also safety. And how did we do that? We did that by differentiating between the teams that did well on safety, quality and productivity. There is various reasons why things don't happen on the shop floor, various things go wrong. So be it housekeeping or five years, how do you ensure that things happen well? So what we did end of the shift, we used to have this simple three things. For a shift that did well in spite of the odds, a nice smiling face and a shift that was okay kind of a grumpy face. And if it didn't do well, there was a sad face. In a sense, it's about creating the traffic lights for the people who did well or not. If you try to address each root cause and try to go into how to make things successfully happen, there are so many constraints like I said, material availability, lack of uh, packaging material, lack of paint availability, uh, breakdowns. Can you sort all of these? You cannot. So how do you do this? So we created traffic lights. So the learning here was how do you differentiate between the good, the bad and the ugly. Similarly on BBS implementation, there are people who do and the people who don't. How do you make things sustain? The good citizens got to be recognized. And the bad citizens, maybe we don't need to point it out, it's a kind of positive reinforcement, but also you got to let them understand that they are not there. So they are in the reds is what they got to see. 
by standing out against the people who do well. So it's about creating the difference between the and the, the traffic lights that makes things work. Sometimes once you have various sites and we have the 130 locations across the country, how do you ensure you enforce implementation of any systems across the plant, across the sites, when you don't have control? Not all of you will have automation, and I think we saw the OSH presentation. You might not have software that will help you see at a glance what happens. But this is how we can ensure that by simple shop floor, visual displays, you can ensure things happen well. How do you ensure sustainable rollouts? This goes to my role in implementing TQM at a company called Castrol. And I was the head of quality assurance there, and we did a lot of things there. But how do you implement TQM? And it's about involving all the stakeholders and also understanding what is behind the why. So the why of TQM is, tumhe kya mila? So while implementing Kaizen, a small improvement on anything relating to safety or otherwise, how do you make this happen? So one of the things we did was to ensure that everything was calendarized. If it was Monday, it was operational plant A that presented. If it was Tuesday, it was supply and distribution that presented. What? Their improvement, their actions, their Kaizen of the day. This is around 15, 20 years ago. And like somebody said in the morning, it is not important that what happens, is my name there on the plate or not, whether I am remembered or not, but does the initiative sustain? So this is about trying to put things on a calendar. And leadership learning for all of us is, how do you ensure you put things on the calendar? How do you ensure it is part of the DNA? So put it on, you can put it on an Outlook calendar, you can put it on a Google calendar, but how do you ensure it's internalized? And so what culture, culture is what sticks. Culture is across generations. We'll talk about a story in healthcare that comes across here. It's about how to ensure that after you're gone, long after everything's forgotten, the system still continues. So that's the third learning, to make the calendar, make it part of the way of life. Uh, we talked of one of the biggest hazards, and our chief guest today spoke about BP, and I think it came into safety in this company where we talked about driving safety home. It's also about creating good stakeholder engagement where, as a nice platform here, we engaged, and today as we speak, uh, the Indian cricket team is not great brand ambassadors for BBS. They are defeating and demolishing the New Zealand team, but it's about engaging the stakeholders. We had a Cricket Club of India platform where we engaged all the transporters and got them in together to understand what is required here. And after the one day session, at the end of the day, all the transporters they swore to avoid night driving, which in a logistics company is difficult, to drive upgrading the trucks, to have vehicle data recorders, to have drivers, heavy vehicle drivers, defensive driven trained. So the kind of challenges they undertook was all because of inspiration and that came from they came from engaging the stakeholders. So if you involve your people, involve the parties, involve the interested parties, as they say in the 45,000 parlance, you will get a great engagement in a journey. So don't do anything that is thrust upon people, as we do here in BBS. Engage everyone, make it part of their agenda, and that's where your agenda will float. So this is a refinery, and I think we're talking of cricket. I don't know if any of you heard of this gentleman, this greatest cricket uh, coach for India, Greg Chappell. He tried to use a strategy which made him not so popular, and Deborah read about the fact that he was having his long-term Indian cricket interest in mind. Maybe his approach was not right. So what he tried, and this is the current Indian captain on the ladies cricket team, Mithali Raj. She also had a couple of issues in rotation from another guy called Ramesh Pawar. But this is the six thinking acts approach. I don't know if you think uh, this will work well. This is the Edward Dimono model. I'll just talk of one hat. The one hat I'm picking up here is the black hat. So what does the black hat do? The black hat basically looks at what can go wrong and tries to pick up all the negative points. If you tell somebody that this is not what will happen, this is the way things go wrong, will it be acceptable in a kind of enterprise, in a kind of industry? If a BBS observer goes in and finds fault and says, ye galat ho ke sab, gir sakte ho, ye galat ho sakta hai, would he be the most loud person? 
he may not be right so how do you do that so here again is important sometimes when you make the surgical strikes when you make the interventions you got to do it in a positive manner and we expect all the people to start with a positive observation tarif pe tarif and then the kind of gaps but also if i wear a black hat and say i am wearing a black hat and i'm here to help you by finding out how things can go wrong this makes a big difference and we try to implement this in a manner that worked with process safety management implementation what are the elements of process safety management is mechanical integrity and asset reliability the guy in the black hat the engineering head who always used to tell he used to be called the narad muni his name also was that how can things go wrong he was the most unpopular mr khaddus in the plant but when he wore the black hat and said and he led the the mechanical integrity platform people understood respected him and understood that he is the guy who is for warning us how things can go wrong so the entire organization is safer if you understand the voice of the black hat so about implementing things through different ways uh, greg chapel was 20 years ahead of his time job implement kiya tha in the technique here today maybe ravi shastri is uh, doing it in a different way uh, so again it's important to be different to think out of the box to think out of the hat okay the another thing that can work in bbs apart from the usual tried and tested ways of what we are doing let's try and do something different be unique what's the usp of your company bharat bane shurakshit tidwan but what's yours what's your story so try and make that different here okay so this is about a story about healthcare where we tried to brand a particular day of the week and like i said calendar mein dalo it's about making wednesday we called it wellness day healthcare company so also important about positioning it making things in a way that works this talks about yoga on to wellness about branding creating a slogan creating a logo creating a mascot that works here I also talk a story of Hospira and Pfizer, and I'll talk a story of a company in Aurangabad, uh, which began this journey uh, 25 years ago. Uh, there was a gentleman who created a platform where, as, agar table pe, that is the dining table, there are four chairs. The four people are sitting. Five people, even their best friends, they will not come in there. So this company was Ajanta Pharma in Aurangabad. They changed over, were taken over by Orchid Chemicals. It was taken over by then Hospira and taken over by. then pfizer now it's getting sold out also but in this 20 30 years of journey here one thing happens in a canteen when there is four people who go in for a cup of tea or lunch or breakfast agar panchma aadmi agar if he goes to the table and tries to take additional chair what happens people say stop mat aao ye char ka table hai stay with four and these are people who do not know why this thing happened 30 years ago in a company in aurangabad across the entire cycle so this is a challenge that happens There's also a story about monkeys who across various islands learn to clean the food before eating it without actually having been there done that so it's about how culture comes in and this is a story of how we implemented uh, in one way in a company where we got ownership through zonership so what we did in every office every site we divided every site into zones we also use this term interchangeably responsibility and accountability we say that accountability is normally usually with the person with executive power the guy who can control the guy guy can take decisions accountability is with the line manager anybody else could be responsible for safety or otherwise so we created this zonership the zone owner is accountable for getting things right anything that goes wrong if you see a trip hazard at the entrance of the phd campus hall what do you do who do you tell there is a zone owner an accountable guy who might not be able to get a carpet right as a strip hazard is coming there as we are discussing in the morning who do you tell who do you tell the observations to kisko bataoge aap who do you post who do you update so he is the guy who is accountable for receiving all the information he can get it done by the admin guy the hr guy the housekeeper safety guy the housekeeping guy but he is the guy who is going there so the intention was to divide the entire sites all facilities into zones and have a weekly observation the weekly observation is exactly what you guys have been talking of 
unsafe conditions, identify high and medium potential conditions, stop, get it remediated. And unsafe actions, do an intervention, have an observation, do an intervention and ensure that you address it in a positive way. So this was how we created leadership learning, defining accountability responsibilities and getting zonership into a culture here. Also in construction, a lot of people have talked about the challenges in construction, hazards are different, changing, dynamic. So how do you ensure you take actions? How do you ensure that you take, make things simple? So risk assessment is very dynamic, but creating a simple thing about three questions, what can go wrong, uh, what am I doing, what can go wrong, and what can I do to prevent harm? It's about safety as simple as one, two, three. The first one is about awareness, situation around me. The second one is about alertness, and the third question is about avoidance so the simple way of ensuring that you kept safety simple about simplifying it and making it in a one two three kind of fashion also about tatas let me talk about this the story that rashid the brand ambassador here today will talk about it's about felt leadership felt leadership is about not just talking but walking the talk if i have seven minutes to deliver a speech i got to stop in seven minutes is what is the leadership commitment here so i'll stop at that but demonstrated actions speak louder than words so people look at what you're saying, but people do what they see you doing. Monkey see, monkey do. Okay, so that's about that. Demonstrated actions. And also, if you ask the right questions, you will get the right answers. So try and keep it simple. Try and make it each of the things here are themes that's worked across startup projects where you try to ensure that each of these activities on a field is divided into various things that communicate well. So if you ask the right questions at every stage of actions by the supervisors, you will get the right answers. Thank you. Greetings, uh, Koteshwar Garu, and uh, thanks, Vidya, for setting up this platform and getting all these 500 plus participants connected. So I have had a global travel across the path of the pandemic from Africa last year, where it began in Tukrut in November 19th to the Gulf in Oman in December. I was in India in January this year was in Dubai in February, went across to Sydney, Australia, was in Wellington across March to June, and of course back to Dubai, as you can see. So it's been an interesting journey, and across the uh, last few months, also been able to travel the course of the pandemic. Uh, there's also a challenge, and largely behavioral we can see across the pandemic, which has a cyclicity from the Spanish flu uh, last uh, millennium, to the Asian flu, to the Hong Kong flu, to the Russian flu, to the H1N1, there's been various rollouts of the pandemic and various ways people have reacted. So my connect and context is, while we have uh, had challenges, it's all about how people have behaved and how various geographies, various companies have addressed the pandemic. So in a way, it's been an interesting journey to understand how we built this together. We also had a lot of webinars on how the COVID has panned out and we have the vaccine now in India. I touched wood taken both shots and so let's see how that goes. Uh, but we spoke about leading indicators and how we can be proactive in safety across the last uh, one hour in the BBS conclave. So what is then a proactive indicator for coronavirus, for COVID, for managing the pandemic? There is this great gentleman who's on the panel also, S.T. Singh, social distancing. How do we ensure that people across the geographies, and we know that, I would say that in the evolved geographies, it was more of a challenge to get people to wear masks. In my six months in Australia, I did not see any imposition on the mask. There was no people, nobody really wore the mask. So there was very little focus on that. Even given the evolved geographies, the USA and Australia, 
Uh, but then how do we get people to comply? And that's something that is interestingly different in the Middle East, for example, where the operational discipline is pretty high. Even if you look at running webinars, we once had a couple of panel discussions on how, you know, how a participant, a panelist used to keep touching his face and we kept a lead indicator on how many times he touches his face, touches his nose, you know, flicks his ear in the course of the webinar. So as it happens in our facilities across projects where we had various outbreaks of pandemics, some places we had people living in a bubble in a typical construction site. We also tried to track the base of the pyramid so the base of the pyramid is also about how, and I think you understand the Henrich pyramid from the catastrophic incident or the fatalities at the top, that's the ultimate lag to the lead indicators, unsafe acts and conditions. We also then had this new and coming to new normal, how we tracked health or at-risk health behaviors or symptoms. So the more we try and focus on, you know, people observations, we talk of BBS and observations, we also help people to identify at-risk behaviors in terms of managing the pandemic. So people sitting together in a bus or people not washing the hand before and after various activities or not wearing the appropriate PPEs. The unsafe behaviors in terms of health also something we tracked. A lot of people have taken pledges to be safe during the pandemic and become COVID warriors. So if you start looking out for unsafe behaviors focused on health, I think that's a real good way of attacking the pandemic. Uh, I think one of the topics we're talking of is herd immunity. How does a country or a continent manage herd immunity? There are some countries that handle the global pandemic well. There is Vietnam, there is New Zealand, smaller countries. But then I think Vietnam could one example with a large border with China. China, of course, has its second coming, uh, maybe the second or third wave possibly, and various variants of the, uh, of the virus. But how do we ensure that all of us look at it proactively and try and address it? So there are some error states which you can look at eyes not on the task, mind not on the task, getting into the line of fire, getting into exposed zones. All these are areas where if you're able to look out, like the ultimate reason for why incidents happen, big health injuries or beat injuries, it's about risk perception. As I always say, managing risk perception appropriately is one way of reducing incidents, reducing harm and avoiding uh, outbreaks of the pandemic. So we're able to reduce the risk perception by getting everyone's eyes and ears on safety or health indicators, that's a great way to reduce incidents. So to summarize, uh, this is what uh, I would say, that keeping the focus on at-risk behaviors using behavioral-based safety as a tool can really address the COVID. So in between and after, before and after the uh, way the pandemic has struck, the way that we were able to focus on the ultimate lead indicator, broaden the base of this pyramid will help us build a great structure, the tallest structure in the world also can be built if your foundation is safe. So all our focus is on building the, fixing the foundation and ensure everyone is safe. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Shankar Rajgopalan, sir, for your valuable insight related to what measures we need to take 